0: A production of Pioneer Utility Resources. Heart of Community is supported by the MJ Murdoch Charitable Trust, helping community-focused organizations across the Pacific Northwest sustain their missions. Because when a powerful idea fulfills its promise, lives are changed, communities thrive, and our entire region prospers. Learn more at murdochtrust.org.
1: art has always held a transformative power. It can entertain and inspire, teach us about our history, or build worlds from imagination. And at times when medicine only has so many answers to give, art can heal the soul as well as the body. That was the case last year as the pandemic took hold across the country. Healthcare workers everywhere wrestled with a troubling contradiction. How could they help the sick in their community when all guidance told them to keep their distance. In the town of Walla Walla, Washington, an unexpected answer came in the form of simple art supplies. Local artists and healthcare workers would come together to deliver relief, hope, and inspiration, all through the healing power of creativity. Ever since her childhood growing up in New England, Walla Walla artist Augusta Sparks Farnham has been surrounded by creativity.
2: I am a child of artists. My mother's a painter and my father's a photographer. I'm actually a fifth generation photographer. And you know, you are brought up in the culture that you're brought up in. And in my life, art was every level of life, every layer, every the the walls were painted, uh the you know, there were gardens, you know, there everything had beauty and creativity and every layer had something embedded into it. You know, when we went for walks, it was for seeing. And um, when we went to visit people doing things that we were going to artists, studios, I mean, every layer of my life. So it for me, it was sort of quite simply what we breathed uh, growing up.
1: That early immersion in art grew into a desire to make art a more accessible part of everyday life, from kindergarten classes to public art installations. Just that exposure gives children the
2: opportunity to realize that, like, they can do something. They can be anything they want to be. And that creativity lives within them. You know, it's profound to be allowed to be creative. It's profound. You know, people think it's, you know, uh, extra, but it's actually quite a
1: huge part of who we are as as humans. In the fall of 2019, Augusta came across an art medicine program at the University of Florida that perfectly complemented her desire to make art more widely available, and she turned to a family friend for help, the chief medical officer at Providence St. Mary Medical Center, Dr. Christopher Hall.
2: You know, I said, look, I've got a, I've got this practicum. If I do this program, I'm going to do this program. I'm pretty sure I'm going to do this program. Um, do you think I could, I could have access to the hospital, and, you know, do something there? I think what I want to do is to create
1: healing spaces in hospitals. Augusta never suspected that just months later, those healing spaces would be more important than ever. As COVID-19 swept through Walla Walla, she texted Dr. Hall with a plan.
2: Hey, I know you're like scrambling to set up beds, um, but what if we start this idea of creating our kids to give to people to keep them at home? Let's say they're positive with COVID, and how do you keep them at home and sheltering in place? Like, give them something to do. Recognize that they exist, that they are important. And I'm not just
1: talking about children here. I'm talking about, you know,
2: a 58-year-old man. Like, I'm talking about anyone.
1: The idea was to give basic art supplies to hospital patients and those sheltering at home with COVID. By doing so, they could channel their anxieties into creative energy, something Augusta refers to as a flow state.
2: You turn on the radio when you're in your car, right? And you're just sort of in a mood that, like, your favorite song comes on that has that... Immediacy, right—that instant quality of picking you up and taking you somewhere. Like you, you maybe start going a little faster, or maybe you start singing and dancing. Like you can just—that's flow, right? Like you're you're being overtaken by that creativity. You're taken over by sound. It is pulling you somewhere. So you can do that with math. You can do that with running. You can do that with sit-ups. I mean, you can do it with all kinds of physical, mental. All different kinds of things. If you go into a deep dive of something, if you get fully invested in anything, it becomes this experience where time no longer exists. And you, you're not important. What you're doing is important. That process, that, that experience is, it takes you over. Another way of talking about flow is it creates distraction. That distraction is being studied, that if a, if your pain level is below a five, you know, a certain number of musical songs or an art kit can literally alleviate your pain. Now, I am not asking any of these patients to become artists. That is not the idea here. I am talking about process. Like, you do sit-ups to become stronger. You do drawing exercise to become stronger, not to become an artist.
1: With funding from Blue Mountain Community Foundation and Providence St. Mary, Augusta started buying supplies and putting kits together in small pizza boxes. But these weren't like the art sets you might find at a store. It's as if I walked into my overly
2: burdened shelves in my studio and pulled things off and said, oh, you're not feeling good. Hey, let me just grab you some things. Don't worry about it. Nothing's precious. You can throw it all away. Don't worry about it. Just give it a shot. Don't worry about it. You cannot. You can fail. You can burn it all up. You can just try it. Just give it a shot. Right? So this is the idea. The idea is to take away that idea of failure of putting it on the wall, of being in a frame, of somehow being the capital A artist. That is not what this is about. This is about just engaging with yourself. I have a whole theory around the colors. I don't give you red, yellow, blue. You know, that's not like that. I give you a color that's in the red family. I give you a color that's in the blue family. I give you a color that's in the green family. So you kind of have this unprecious collection Right. Maybe you have four markers, maybe you have four crayons, maybe you have a paintbrush or maybe you have Q tips, depending on
1: what I had access to. It didn't take long for Augusta to recognize she would need help to bring her art kits to people in the hospital and beyond. So Augusta teamed up with Providence Population Health Department, a local healthcare organization with the goal of addressing gaps in the healthcare system through personalized care.
0: I feel like we are kind of a catch all for a broken system.
1: That's Becky Betts, manager of Population Health for Providence Medical Group's southeastern Washington area.
0: People find their way to us that um, are riddled with unmitigated mental health or, or substance use or, or having trouble navigating their way through the health system. By the end of of March, beginning of April, in the beginning, we, the tests were taking so long to come back um, because labs were just inundated. We had to send out every one of our tests. To, and and during that time we were checking on people, making sure they're adhering to, you know, you're staying at home. We don't know if you have COVID or not. Here's what you need to do to stay well. Um, but just such either they were feeling better, but not knowing, which still meant they needed to be at home or they were just absolutely so anxious and uh, going out of their minds with anxiety or they were depressed because they might've only been living, you know, paycheck to paycheck. And now they had no safety net and they're at home without any income. So just a mirad of, um, of things going on. So I I happened to mention that uh, to Augusta who just really wanted to be hopeful in whatever regard. And she, immediately spurred to action and saw some utility in giving people an outlet um, during this time uh, that they could get out of their head, literally, um, and use a creative process to occupy their time.
1: Population Health was already calling more than 6,000 Walla Walla residents who had tested positive for COVID to offer assistance. Now they would be offering art kits alongside essential supplies like groceries and thermometers
0: there's all sorts of science of being able to use art in times of anxiety and stress to mitigate the ill effects. And, Boy, within you know a week, we had our first, the first iteration of that box to doorsteps. It was something that we could do in a time we had no answers. Uh, there was no treatment. Um, boy, in those early panicked moments of um, you know January, February, March, we didn't. This might as well have been Ebola. The panic ensuing in the public. I mean, no one knew. Um, you know, we knew people were dying. We we had no therapeutics. Um, people were still, there's all sorts of misinformation coming over um, social media. And we, as a healthcare system, really had nothing to offer. And that was a terrible, counterintuitive, awful feeling to have is to call patients and you're feeling lousy, but hey, stay at home. Don't go to your clinic. We don't want to see you. We don't want you to spread this virus, but we care about you and not having anything to give. There were no medicines to give, no um we're just you know buying we're going along with the flow and at the mercy like everyone else with the cdc ever-changing guidelines so to be able to just give something felt good
1: throughout 2020 jill forte repeatedly found herself in the one place you don't want to be during a global pandemic the hospital but it wasn't COVID that put her there over the course of the year, she made more than half a dozen trips to St. Mary Medical Center to receive treatment for liver cirrhosis in the lead-up to surgery.
3: Part of liver disease, too, is you, you, um, you, you swell up with lots of fluid buildup, and it, it, it's all built up like around your torso and in different areas of your body. And so I was a frequent flyer at the hospital, where they basically um, drain you of the fluid that you have in your body, and it's it's almost like you know siphoning out you know like a gas tank. Yeah, it was it was hard because there was a point in time during the COVID um, scare, so to speak. Um, my my husband could not uh, go into the hospital with me, even if you know I knew. I knew what the problem was, but he was not allowed to come in. And that happened to me twice where I was basically on my own um, because of COVID. And it was scary. And it it just was um, something you don't, you know, you want some moral support. The nurses are great. The doctors are great. They become your best friends, you know, when you're in a situation like that. But the COVID scare, um, to me, was less scary, obviously, than what I was going through. But what it did do, though, is um, make me so appreciative that, you know, you can have somebody there as a support system um, beside you.
1: Those periods of isolation could last for up to five days at a time. During one of them, the hospital staff noticed Jill watching face-off a reality show where makeup artists compete to create elaborate prosthetics just like those in the movies.
3: It was a very astute um, chaplain who kind of looked up and saw what I was watching and said, well, hey, we've got these art kits and, you know, would you like one? And I said, sure, that'd be fine. You know, not thinking that she would really come back with one because it took Kind of, you know, it was kind of like at the end of her shift is when she came back with the art kit, and it was something fun to occupy my time with, and um, it was something that was, you know, just give me a little creative outlet, and um, that in itself was therapeutic.
1: To Jill, it was a strange assortment of items. Pens, string, cardstock, clothespins, even some straws. She admits that she wasn't sure what to make of the kit at first. But Becky says that was by design.
0: They would come to us completely packaged. And oh, when I did talk to Augusta early on, uh, it was really important for her to keep it freeformed and, and not prescriptive. She felt that um, COVID itself, a diagnosis of COVID, uh, especially early on when much was unknown, um, she wanted to give people um, really as much control as possible so by design she would include things like a uh, string and ribbon and um, so it wasn't you think of there's some art kits on the market that you open it up and you know one two three four and you end up with this thing that looks like this thing and um, she purposely did not want that she wanted every art kit to produce a piece of creative art that no two were alike.
1: For those who didn't know where to start, Augusta had local artists record tutorial videos designed to help kickstart their creativity. Hi everyone, I'm Rachel. I am an artist living in Walla Walla right now. Um, And I am here to talk to you today about collage and the first aid art kits that I'm very happy to be a part of. Um, So for me, collage is a wonderful way to make art without the
0: pressure of drawing and painting sometimes.
4: Hi, my name is Todd T. Lander. I'm going to be demonstrating for you today an art exercise in drawing, commonly known as contour drawing. It's one of the exercises I use for my beginning art drawing classes to help you learn to see. So this is called a doodle delight and the specific doodle delight is the line game. Um, The line game is a game and it is drawing as well. It's both, and it should be fun, unpretentious. You don't have to be able to draw. My idea for this project is to,
2: you know, there's lots of watercolor for you to play with. I'm a big fan of being resourceful. And so I often, when I'm exploring things, start small. They let you just be. You can watch, they remind you to do things like looking at the light moving around the room what does your hand look like? What does the edge of your hand look like? How does the eye, the light move over your hand? What if you were to draw a line and you turned your paper? Does that line become something? Can you turn that line into a doodle? What can you do? You know, these ideas are ones that we have often played with when we gave ourselves permission to exist in the world as creative beings, but perhaps society and life stopped that. Right. They said, oh, no, 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 don't do that. Go work on your cursive. Oh, no, 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 don't do that. Go learn this arithmetic. Oh, no, no, don't do that. Go do this other thing. That is not the answer to success. Right. But in fact, that reductionist theory of
1: success, it's like having a part of you cut off. For Jill, the art kit not only sparked her creativity, but a desire to show just how much she appreciated the hospital staff.
3: I poked holes into the into the cardstock with my uh, uh, straws that I got, <laughs> and then you know laced them up with you know the the string that I got, and then uh, found something to clip it you know clip the string onto. And on the string was like a bunch of, you know, like just thank you kind of things um, or, you know, something, uh, some thoughtful gesture that I I thought maybe they would like to hear. I thank you. I appreciate you. um, um, Thank you for the, you know, great care You know, nurses rock. You know, just just silly, goofy stuff. It started off as just something to do, and then I realized that you know, well, if I'm gonna like doodle on something, well, you know, what's the purpose? I'm a novice crafter, but I thought, well, one way to use these materials is to make little cards or you know what not special notes to um, the people that serve you in the hospital and, and do such a great job. During the COVID period though, it was, it was hard. I'll, I'll have to say that. And it was things like this art kit that really just um, helped a lot because I just felt so lonely, so depressed, so, you know, just isolated.
1: While that trip wasn't Jill's last to the hospital, it gave her something she could carry with her moving forward. From then on, she always kept her own homemade art kit at the ready in case of a surprise hospital visit.
3: There was two things that I always talked about, and one of them was uh, the art kit, and the other item was this angel my mom bought me, and I, I always took that to the hospital with me.
1: Last summer, Augusta moved to Maine to continue her studies in art medicine, but the Art Kits program remains in the capable hands of Sarah Leedy, another Walla Walla artist who shares Augusta's passion for the healing power of the arts.
4: I feel like I've always been an artist. I don't think it, when it's in your, you know, when your brain is that way, I don't think you have a choice. You know, it's like from the very beginning of your life, you just are that way. Um... I uh, always have made art of some sort, mostly drawing and painting. And then when I went to college, art class was uh, kind of a balancer for me. It helped me stay focused and at ease. I just start with whatever I am working with in my materials and I just start working. It may be like a color that I thought of that morning that I can't get out of my mind. And I start there, or I'm really intrigued by this new paper and the texture of it. You know, it's a sensual thing really. Um, And then when I spent, I get in there and I might be wound up or I might think I don't have much time for this, or I'm not feeling artistic today or I'm whatever, but, if I can manage to just get myself in there to do it, no matter what I do, even if I'm just cleaning my studio, although that's not in anywhere near as good as actually mark making or painting or mixing color, no matter what I do during that time, my stress and my worries can kind of be put in the back of my mind like and I feel better when it's done. It's like a relief. It's like you ate when you were hungry.
1: Since the start of the pandemic last year, Sarah estimates that they've given out more than 800 art kits, but her hope is that this is only the beginning of making art therapy available to everyone.
4: I I feel like the pandemic threw everything off. And then there was like the efforts from all the people that were like superheroes that were able to go and go and go and make these things and get them going. Um, and and now we have to sort of shift our efforts and grow back into the next thing with everything we've learned from that experience, which is a lot. I mean, so much has changed um, and we've learned so much population health through blue mountain health cooperative they uh offer counseling and it's a walk-in clinic with free counseling and it's funded by grants and donations and stuff like that and i would like to see them be able to give art kits to people that wanted them um, that just need help and those are the people that can't afford to go see hardly afford to see a counselor. They're doing a walk-in clinic situation because they don't, you know, they're not sure where to start. They could really benefit from that. I mean, we have the Christian Aid Center. We have uh, the YWCA. Like, there's a lot of organizations that I think I would like to see these art kits available for people for free.
2: People are more than just their diagnosis. They have this wildly huge life that is musical or wildly huge life that is all these other things, how do you access that? How do you bring that forward? How do you give them permission to do that? Well, I'm not saying that art kits are perfect, but they sure are a good idea and they sure were helpful. Unfortunately, because of the balance of things, a doctor often has between seven to 15 minutes to work with a patient. And That doesn't make a lot of time to get the narrative medicine. That doesn't get a lot of time to hear the story. That doesn't get a lot of time to, like, connect
1: all the dots. So these kits are just another, it's one more tool. For both patients and those delivering them, the art kits have become more than just a diversion. During a time when many of their neighbors were suffering from not only a viral pandemic, but an epidemic of loneliness, they've been a lifeline to the community.
0: It really tapped into their, a lot of the inner child that we heard from many that, you know, I have not painted or colored since I was a youth. And this really got me out of some a pretty bad headspace. So it felt like Christmas. It felt like I, I delivered a fair amount of the kits um, myself um, to doorsteps. So, uh, I kind of felt like Santa Claus a lot of, a lot of afternoons when I go to the doorstep and, and then I go, you know, back to my car, of course, mass, and they come to the door and it's just, you know, big smiles on their face. And I, I, I felt like we were delivering some joy in a, a, a pretty non-joyous year. <laughs> Our community paramedic, which really responds to non-emergent mental health crises in pe- people's homes. That's one of his, his, um, his uh, goods he peddles. He he does. He's not without mental. He's not without first aid kits. He thinks they're as powerful as a vial of medicine. So when he goes and builds relationships in patients' homes, and um, really it's anxiety off the off the rails. Instead of taking him to the EDE, emergency department, which is the last place really somebody needs to go for a non-crisis behavioral health encounter. He'll sit and talk with them and say, hey, have you thought about coloring or drawing or expressing yourself through art? And he'll whip out a kit. It's a, it's a love letter to the community by the community. It's not one person or one entity. It really was a collaborative community effort, and we all benefited from it.
1: This podcast is a companion to the written series Heart of Community, which you'll find in the pages of Ruralite magazine. Read them in your local copy of the magazine or visit Ruralite.com. That's R-U-R-A-L-I-T-E dot com. Our show, as well as the magazine series, is made possible in part by the generous and thoughtful support of the M.J. Murdoch Charitable Trust. You can learn more about their significant work at murdochtrust.org. Heart of Community is a production of Pioneer Utility Resources. Our producer is Stephen V. Smith. Our editor, Leon Espinoza. The series narrator is yours truly, Chasity Anderson. Our engineer is Lucas Smith of Lucky Sound Studio. This episode was written by Drew Woolley. It's based on the Ruralite magazine story by Vicki Miller. Thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. And please share these important stories with someone who needs to be uplifted, encouraged, and inspired. For that, after all, is the mission of the arts and the heart of our community.